Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful host, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Hi, kings and queens. Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we actually have a bonus live for everyone that's viewing. Uh, we do typically uh, record on Thursdays, but today we have an amazing speaker that's coming from England. Uh, this is our first uh, speaker from the UK, so I'm super excited that Uncommon Women is definitely branching out and being international. Uh, she'll be coming on today to share her amazing story. I have an Alisa Adu that's going to be speaking about you know, just branching off into adult world at a young age and just sharing her testimony in regards to what she's been through and, you know, how she's helping others um, just build relationships with them and how she's helping young teens as well as uh, young women about rethinking about going out in the adult world and just loving yourself. So thank you, Alicia, for coming on today. I'm truly honored to have you as a guest speaker today with us. Hi, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show today. It's it's uh, it's definitely an honor. Thank you so much. So before we get into your testimony, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so currently I'm doing a bit of um like live coaching. I'm currently working on a little I don't know what you can say, like a booklet um, that I want to be able to give to like mums and, you know, young girls as, you know, a few tips um, that will help them, you know, uh, in terms of like navigating uh, their own lives. Um, I'm a mum to my teenage daughter. Um, in my spare time, um, I like to read. I read quite a lot, you know, self-development books, anything that's going to, you know, allow me to um, to grow. Um, I my I spend most of my time with my daughter. She's like my my best oh, friend and my wow. biggest uh, cheerleader. I know. Um, <laughs> and you know, I catch up with the girls, you know, when I can. Um, but yeah, I, I like trying new things. So anything new or anything that my daughter ropes me into, you know, I'm for it. We we just go and do it, basically. That's amazing. How old is your daughter? She's fourteen. Oh, okay. Aww. She's at the teenage stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll get into that another day. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your story, you know, how it was when you actually left your house um, at a young age and, you know, what were you, what were you thinking and what were you going through? Um, just, you know, wanting to start your own life and just leave the nest. So, you know, growing up, I, I've got two siblings, but I'm, I'm the youngest. Okay. Uh, so obviously I basically just got away with everything, which was, you know, amazing up until obviously my siblings left and then it was just, it was just uh, me. Um, you know, I was raised in a single parent home. So my mum raised us on her own. And, you know, 
my mom is and always was a strong African woman. So, you know, she didn't take any any messing and because mm-hmm. the environment in which I mm-hmm, because <laughs> the environment in which I grew up in, like I was thinking, you know, you're so strict, like in comparison to what my friends are um going like going through, you know, I'm having to go through, I'm having to, you know, clean up and all this stuff and come in the kitchen to learn to cook because you're going to have to cook for your husband one day. And I, I always just say to him, like, no, he can cook for himself. Um, but essentially, you know, that was my mum's um, mentality um, at that time. Um, you know, my mum worked a lot, but she would always make sure that she was, like, always there, even if she did turn up late, because she made me join the choir. So, you know, she would um, be there at the back some, somewhere. I'd see her, like, waving at me. And, you know, there was other clubs and whatever. She'd always make sure, you know, we were we were doing something. I think that my mum, obviously, you know, as we do as parents, you know, she identified my my giftings very early on. So she wanted me to, she wanted to push me into those um those directions I kind of feel like as a child I, I was I was quite rebellious because I, I felt like you know I wanted to just do whatever I wanted you know I felt like you know I knew everything um which I didn't um and obviously as a parent you know you you shield your kids you know you 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 know things that they don't know the dangers of life do you know what I mean but trying to instill that in them and make them know you're just doing it for their benefit is it's just an ongoing battle because they just see it as you know you're just ruining um their fun. Mm-hmm. yeah so by the time I was six 16 I was at college and I had two jobs I worked in a hotel and I, I cleaned as well because uh, I just wanted to be I wanted to be able to have my own uh, money but looking back now I I see that my mum was like a master equipper. She wanted to make sure that, you know, as we got older, there were certain things that we'd be able to do um, for ourselves that we wouldn't be reliant on people because obviously that's that's what she did. And so obviously she wanted to pass that down to um, to us. Um, I was very, um, I'd say very headstrong and you, you just couldn't tell me anything, you know, at school when I would get into trouble. My mum always, would always say to me, you know, Alicia, life is no rehearsal. It's the real thing. <laughs> at the time I think to myself you know what, what I don't know what that means like what does that right. mean obviously now I'm old you know, I understand that she's saying that you know don't waste your life because this time is never going to come again do you know what I mean whatever you whatever you do now uh, there's consequences right. and you know you never know when your time's up so you need to um make the most of it so how I came to um move out is because I used to um ladies I used to sneak out to go to the clubs with my girls that's what I used to do we all did I mean I I think we all did that when we were young I got caught we all did (laughs) I didn't I didn't get to sneak out I didn't get to sneak out but I did go I did go I didn't get to sneak out because just like you I left the nest really young but I just went out But this is the thing, my friends were allowed to go. Like I had to sneak because I knew that I wouldn't be able to uh, go out if I asked. And looking back now, I'm like, you know, I'm gone. She's She's got no idea because she thinks that I'm, you know, in bed. Anything could happen to me while I'm out. But that's, yeah, not, that's, my, true. Mm-hmm. that's not my mentality um, at the time. And I always had this thought because obviously I watched too much telly at the time that I was going to come back. She'd be in the dark and the light would go on and she'd be sitting there. <laughs> you wouldn't tell me she wouldn't and I'd be like, where have you been? Um, 
<laughs> but thank God that never happened. But what did happen? <laughs> Bearing in mind, I've been doing this for months. It, you know, it was easy. I used to, at the time, my door handle was broken. Mm-hmm. So I had to take my t- door handle out and put it in my handbag because without the door handle, you couldn't get in the room. There's no way she could check whether I was in or not. I know it's so bad. I can't believe I'm, ad- I'm admitting this. Um, <laughs> so this particular morning, um, she'd come in to me. And obviously, I'd got home at like four o'clock in the morning. And this is like nine. She's like, oh, Where have you been? She must have been able to, um, because that night when I got home, I'd noticed that my door was a little bit cracked, but I, I put pillows in there. So I thought that um, she wouldn't be able to notice. By the way, anyone that's listening or watching this, like, don't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Um, so she was like, Where have you been? Yeah, anything could have happened to you. And I'm like lying there thinking I've got a massive headache, but you know. I have snuck out, so, you know, what can I say? So she basically said to me, you know, if you don't like it here, you know what you can do. You don't have to stay. So she left and went to work. I wrote a note. I had five pounds in my pocket, which is probably about $9 to you. Uh, I called my friend who lived an hour away. And she said, oh, you know, just come and live with me. So I just packed my bag. I got on a train and I went to go and um, I went to go and stay with her. Um, and yeah, that, that's how I, I came to to leave home. Wow. So I think when we're young, we're so rebellious and we think we know it all. And now that you have a daughter, you know, I have a child too. So are you afraid your daughter might be doing, might, I mean, obviously she might, she might not, you know, so the, does that ever go through your mind that you think your daughter might start sneaking out and want to leave early? Um, I wouldn't want to say that it never crosses my mind. You know, we are quite close, but equally, I'm sure there's things that she doesn't that she doesn't um, tell me. But I am very open with her. Uh, you know, we do have loads of conversations. Whereas when I was younger, there were certain things, certain conversations I couldn't have with my mum because we just didn't. We just didn't. Um, we just didn't do that. Obviously, I'd be mortified if she right. ever wanted to leave home at all. You know, I want her to be home until she's 50. Um, I'll probably regret that <laughs> in the future. Um, but essentially, you know, that could or, or, or could not happen. But until you've just said, no, it's never really, um, it's never really entered my um, my mind, really. But it's right. something to think about, yeah. But that's good that you're able to communicate and be open with your daughter so that, you know, if she did have any questions or if she's something that she wanted to talk to you about and you can honestly be transparent and give your opinion versus, you know, when we were, we were raising up, when we were growing up, it was kind of like, it's what your parents said and that was it. Yep. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with you going to your friend's house um, and leaving a note, what was the experience like being at your friend's house? You know, did you call your mom or like, did you guys have a discussion in regards to when you left and did she try to persuade you to come back or what was that relationship like from the time that you left and being at your friend's house? My mom, did, she didn't contact me at all. I think my mom was very, you know, you made your bed, you lied, it kind of, th- kind of, mm-hmm. kind of person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a case of, okay, then, you know, you go. And I was determined that, well, you know, I'm never going to come home, which I, I never did. Um, but, you know, living with my friend, it was because she she had a child. Um, so it, it was very, it was very different. But I think because at the time I just wanted to be able to do what I wanted, 
I was okay with it at the time. And obviously I was, my friend was a lot older, she was a lot older than me, probably about five or six years. So she's a little bit more um, responsible, but I only stayed with her maybe about six months. And then I, um, I came back to my own area because obviously I'd moved out of the area to go and um, live with her. And obviously it's then when I came back that that's when the, the difficulties obviously uh, reared their necks really. Mm. Mm. What challenges did you did you face being on your own and having your own spot? Is there anything in particular that you um, kind of regret? I've thought about this today. Um, I will never regret leaving home because I believe that it made me the person that I am today. Uh-huh. But perhaps maybe the way in which I left home, I wish I was perhaps a little bit more prepared um, for what I was going to face in terms of like paying bills and in terms of, you know, uh, there were a few times when I, I house shared, you know, living with other people, what that's actually going to be like, you know, what's actually going to um, entail. Um, you know, there was there was a time when I had lived with my friend, uh, there was four bedrooms and she'd moved out. Mm-hmm. And then there was four, there was three other men that came to live there. So it was me and, and three and three guys and they just absolutely trashed the place as you can wow. um, imagine and I I did have a job um, and because when I got the job I didn't have any money initially I used to walk to work and it used to take me uh, two hours uh, to, to to walk there but because I was so full of pride I didn't want to ask for any <laughs> help and of course you know being 17 you learn very quickly that nobody's coming to save you you know if you don't have any money or you can't feed yourself then then so be it. Um, So what did you say? Sorry. I said, yeah, I I was just agreeing with you. (laughs) So with that particular job, I ended up getting fired because um, the people that I was living with, they would just like party all night because they didn't work, but I I did. So I would just be awake all night. So that particular day I'd missed my alarm. So then when I got up late, I've then still got to walk the two hours to get there. So obviously, you know, and obviously I was on probation. Um, and it was through an agency that was just, so there was just no messing around. It was like, well, you're late. And, you know, that's it. So I ended up losing my job there. Then that house, um, because they trashed it, the landlord just turned around and said, right, I want everybody out. Wow. Like, you've, got to, you've got to go. Uh, so I'd say to him, but I didn't do anything. He's like, it's, not, it's no bearing on who did what. The fact of the matter is I want my property back and that's it. So for some of the people that I was living with, you know, it was okay for them. They could go home. Um, I ended up going to an, into another um, another house share. Um, and when I got there, they specifically told me, you know, um, don't get a job um, because they knew once people got a job, they'd then have to pay more rent. And they were worried that you, people wouldn't um, pay them. But obviously me being me and headstrong and just mm-hmm. whatever, I was like, no. So I went out and I got a, I went out and I, um, I got a job. So yeah. Mm. Wow, that's really deep. Wow. Can you give advice to young girls, you know, that want to leave home or anyone that wants to leave at 18? Because, you know, when you're 18, we, like you said, we think we know it all. We think we know about life. We want to know, you know, especially with the generation now, you know, they just want to up and leave because they think they're young adult and some of them don't even have the guidance because, or the support system, they don't know anything out there in the world. Like they don't know, none of them even have jobs or 
how to even, you know, even have a bank account. Can you give advice on how the minute the any advice on where you can just let them know that what is best for them if they're in a situation where they have to move or if they are able to stay home? You know, I think, as you said, you know, when we're young, like the, the the thought of having your own place, you know, you're so excited. I can't wait till I get to an adult and, da -da -da -da, and it's going to be amazing. And as you get older, obviously you have more responsibility. And as, as a child, you know, you don't see or you don't you don't understand that, um, you know, it is a lot and you know I accept that sometimes people don't have a choice but to move out like I had a choice I didn't have to go that so you know I take full responsibility for whatever I face because that's the decision um that I essentially made um but I think it's important to you know have something behind whether that be a job or a side hustle or something because you know it costs money you know you're not going to live for free even if you've saved up you know those savings are not going to last forever and even if you perhaps you know you haven't got those parents that you can talk to you someone that is a bit older that can give you a little bit of um a bit of guidance to let you know that you know you are going to have to pay bills you are going to have to pay the rent and if you don't you know there are there are consequences just not be in not be in a rush there's time you know if you don't need to move out then then don't then then, then don't yeah that's really good. So take as much time as you can at your parents' house and save money. Yes. <laughs> Saving mm -hmm. money is, I think, the key of of, of life, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you can, take advantage of it if you're working when uh, you're living with your parents to just save, to save. Yes, definitely. Saving is essential of any life, you know, no matter how old you are. 100%, mm -hmm. yes, definitely. So, with you, you know, being on your own and, you know, just having pride and you're like, I ain't going back. I don't care no matter what I'm going through right now in my life. I'm never going back home. Is there any, is there anything that you've learned being on your own um, in regards to friendships or relationships that you were just like, wow, I didn't expect this to happen? Well, yes, definitely. Um, when I was, obviously I left home at 17. Um, by the time I was 19, uh, obviously, you know, I had my job, um, I had my little, um, bed sit, so it's just like a, a room with like everything in it, except for my bathroom that was, um, separate. So when I was 19, I'd met my first, um, my first boyfriend and I thought, oh, you know, this is amazing. We're going to settle down and, you know, everything's going to be perfect because, you know, when we're young, we, we watch these Disney films and we think that, you know, that's actually going to be real, real life when it isn't. <laughs> so at the time of meeting him, um, he still lived at home, you know, he did work, but, you know, I can't expect just because I moved out that he's going to. And at the, at the age of 19, I had 19 year old um, standards. And if I think I've been really honest with myself, you know, he, apart from making me laugh, that, that was it, you know, he brought nothing more to, uh, to the, to the table. Um, so in terms of our relationship, it was just, there was nothing amazing and, and nothing, terrible uh, about it obviously we argued because that's what that's what um you know human beings uh, do you know there's going to be a conflict but nothing that like worried me or anything uh, in the initial stages so one night we'd been out um to a club and we'd come home and we got up um because I lived in a shed um 
accommodation, but I had my own bed set, but there were other people. It was like a house, but it was converted into different flats. Okay. So we'd been woken up like really early. So he wasn't in the best of moods, but I was used to it because obviously, you know, I, I, I lived there. So he wasn't in the best mood um, at all. So we decided to um, get up and um, we were going to go and get some uh, food from the supermarket and, you know, come home and make some stuff or whatever. So we'd got ready, come out the door now. And where I lived at the time, there was about 12 steps and then my front door. <clears throat> so I'd gone down the steps and I'd gone to walk off and he was, he was well, I thought he was behind me. So I turned around and he's at the door. He's like, oh, I've forgotten my, um, I've forgotten my hat. Can you, um, you know, I need the keys to go back in. So I just threw the keys, but I was a terrible uh, flower to throw it to be fair, but obviously that's still no excuse. So I threw the keys and unfortunately these keys landed by his um, his foot. So he was like, um, you know, pick them up now. And I'm thinking to myself, they're by your foot. Your foot's here and the keys are here. You know, why am I coming all the way up the stairs just to pass you the keys? He's like, pick them up. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you must be joking because you've never been like this of me. You've never been like this of me before. So eventually he picked the keys up. He went inside, I waited outside and he came out. So when he's come down, uh, come down the stairs, obviously I've gone to walk off because obviously we're walking. And obviously this coward, um, he pushed me out of nowhere um, into, well, he grabbed me at the, at the back of my neck and pushed me into the wall. So I'm trying to obviously save myself. So I've grazed my, um, I've grazed my wrist. So I'm now like lying on the floor in front of my property thinking like, you know, who, who are you? You know, you've never, ever... Wow. spoke to me like that before even treating me like this you know I, I don't even know who you are no I don't know if this triggered him or, or he didn't trigger him so I was like you know you know that's it that's exactly what I said to him so I managed to get up from the flo floor now and I'm marching to go to a, a payphone um to go and call somebody for help I did have a mobile at the time and I couldn't tell you why I didn't use my payphone I, I mean use my mobile phone but I, I just didn't and obviously I was right outside my house I could have gone back in but I, I didn't know what he was going to do and that was my thought process at the time I just wanted to get away from him right so I've gone to the phone box now and I'm trying to like call and he's got the door propped open and I'm trying to I called my brother um my brother's like my best friend but he didn't answer um but when I look back now, I'm glad that he didn't answer because I don't know what, what would have happened had he have come. And I told him, obviously, what had, what had um, happened. So I called one of my friends. They weren't answering. And each time someone wasn't answering, he was like, oh, see, no one's answering. Like, he was, like, taking, like, joy in the fact that no one was, no one was answering. So eventually my friend answered. She was the only person at that time that could drive. Um, so she was like, oh, what's happened? Obviously, at this point, I was a little bit upset. So I was just, like, trying to explain to her. And I just said, can you just come in and um, get me? She's like, oh, yeah, fine. But she didn't know the area um, that well. And back then we didn't have a sat now. So I had to tell her a street that I knew that me and her had, uh, had been down before. Uh -huh. So I left the phone box now and I've, I've gone to to wait for her. Um, she took about half an hour, but it felt like 10 hours um, because obviously I was still on the court up in that street and he was like going on and he'd got it into his mind that I'd rang someone to come and do something to him, like a, a group of men or something, because he was just going mad, you know, who have you rang, who have you rang? I'm like, but you've just done with me. You know who, I, you know that I've called my friend to come and, you know, to right. come and to help me. So anyway, people are opening their doors, but closing them because obviously no one's wanting to get, um, no one's wanting to get involved. Uh -huh. And I'm just thinking to myself, to my friend, you know, just please, you know, just, like hurry up but because I've left the phone box now I don't know what happened to my phone but she, she couldn't ring me so I didn't know how long she was going to be 
so it starts getting closer to me and I can feel like a sharp um pain in my in my above my knee and he picked up a um he picked up a um what's it called? a twig from somewhere but it had a sharp end so he was like trying to put it into me I'm like I don't know what he was trying to do but I just made sure I just whatever he asked me I was just answering but I wasn't you know doing anything more to aggravating because I just didn't know what he was going to um do so my friend had showed up but he didn't know what he was looking for because he he he'd never uh, met my friend at this point so I had gone to run to get into uh well not run but walked quite quickly to get into the car unfortunately when I've got in the car she's put her handbrake on because she, and then she said to so what happened I'm thinking to myself can we just like not drive right now right <laughs> I'm like can we just drive and I'll tell you after <laughs> unfortunately obviously he caught up with us so he's he then begins to, he's got the car doors open because I didn't get to shut it in time. So he's standing on the car, you know, uh, the ledge where the door rests. He's standing on there and he's got his hands at the top of the car. So she said to you, can I get off my car, get off my car now? She, and she's like, can you tell him to get off my car? So as I've turned to, to say to you, you know, can you get off my car? He's gripped me out of the car like an animal, threw me on the floor and just punched me in, in, in the face. And I was just holding my face, thinking to myself, like, you know, what did you, wow. you know, what did you, what did you do? And he's, he's going into this sudden panic of, oh my gosh, let me see your face, let me see your face, because now he's worrying, thinking that, you know, he's like, really like damaged my, my face. Um, so my friend gets out of the car now, um, and I'm just like, you know, you know, we're done, like literally, even if you thought we weren't done before, we're, we're 100% um, done now. At that point, I'd never had a man put his hands on me in in my life you know I, I never saw that um um growing up so my friend got out the car now she parked the car up uh, and I was just like you know I just wanted to get out but obviously I didn't want to go back to my place um on my on my own so we're walking back now all three of us uh, we go in there and he's getting his stuff together I'm going into the bathroom because obviously I've not seen myself I wanted to see what my um my my face looked like so as I was saying, my bathroom was outside where I was living. So he came out of um, my bedsit and came round to where, um, came round to the bathroom. Oh. And I thought to myself, you know, what are you going to do now? Anyway, out of nowhere, bearing in mind, we've been together for two years. He'd never done this before. He, he just starts crying. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Da, da, da. And I thought, no, you know, I, I, in my mind, I was like, this is just an attempt to manipulate me. You know, I'm a strong believer as Maya Angelou sa Angelo says, you know, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Yep. You know, your hand mm -hmm. on your time, I cannot trust you now because the next time when I give you an opportunity, I may not live to, go to tell the tale. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know, no. Um, so he ended up um, leaving. And, you know, my, my friend, not long after that, had gone to, she was about to go to uni, so there was nothing stopping me from continuing to engage with him. But I just thought to myself, no, you know, my, my mum didn't raise me um, to to be like that. And equally, you know, I had my own place. I had my own money. So there was nothing that he was offering me that I was then going to be at a loss at because, you know, he was no longer, um, he was no longer in my, in my, uh, in my life. So yes, that's what, um, that is essentially what, um, what happened Wow, that's powerful. And how long were you guys together until that incident blew up? Yeah, we, we were together for two years before that Two years. Happened. Wow. Yeah, two years. That definitely I, takes courage the first time to leave when you, you obviously are in love with him. You guys have been together for two years and 
to to leave after the first incident, that definitely takes courage because I know people that aren't able to leave right away that believe that the person could change or it was an accident or they truly sorry. So um, kudos to you because there's a lot of women mm-hmm. that are struggling with trying to get away from domestic violence. Mm-hmm. I applaud you for that. You, have, you. you really have, you can tell the strength in you and you did that. And I am so proud of you for doing that. And that will give you also an example, you know, to if your daughter ever gets in a situation like that, you're able to let her know, like, I walked away the first time. And you deserve more. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, but I just, as you said, I, I just, I'm in the mindset of, and as we see so many, it happened to so many women, you, 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 you can, I just feel like you can't afford to give them another um, opportunity. Obviously, it's easier said. Uh, mm-hmm. easier said than done but one thing my mom always said to me was you know always make sure that you've got your own so obviously when the situation arose I wasn't in a position where oh my gosh you know what do I do you know I've, I'm now isolated I haven't got anything you know I've got no friends blah blah, blah. and so and I, I think still then I, I still have this headstrong mind of you know how dare you you know even yeah even do that and I think that's why but I also I feel that my upbringing played a a, a, a part in that because my mum was very you know you don't need a man and x y and z and blah blah, blah. <laughs> so um yeah I think that contributed to me me doing that if I'm honest and it's funny that you say your mom said blah 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 but like those words definitely were planted in you to make you know you don't need that you know and it was easier for you to walk away you know, versus staying and dealing with it. Did you, yep. now during that process with you staying at the, the same house, did you ever feel as though he would come there and, you know, maybe try to get back with you? I didn't only because he was broke and it, it was it cost a lot of money to, <laughs> to, to get the train and come down. So that was never my, that was never my, um, my fear really um that he would um come back and just as a person he knew the kind probably the kind of maybe he didn't think that I was gonna be like oh you know it's over and I'd probably like crumble eventually but I think after the time we did spend together he knew that I was the kind of person that just wouldn't um that just wouldn't accept something like that hmm that's good Mm-hmm. We have a comment from one of our uh, viewers said the guy was a coward and I'm glad she had the strength and self-respect to walk away. Thank uh, you, Kalea. <laughs> so my question for you is that since you left when you were young, at did any point did you even like have a did your mom and um, you ever have that conversation at all where even though you were headstrong and you were just you know, being rebellious and stubborn and you're like, I'm not going back home, you know, that at any time does she even say, you know, I want you to come home? Never. She, she never, oh. she <laughs> never said she wanted me to come home. The only time me and my mom um, obviously got back to speaking was when I um, I got pregnant with my daughter. And so I, I, uh, I, I posted a, um, I posted a an ultrasound um, of the scan to her, and obviously, like she, uh, like we started speaking from them. But up until that point, um, no, she always, she tells me that you know she doesn't like the way that I left. You know, I I agree with her, and she always said, oh, you know, 
you're my daughter. I'm sure with your mouth, I knew you'd be okay. But I'm like, well, doesn't mean I'll be okay. You know, I did. Loads of times. Um, but I think she was just really in a mind of, okay, you know, you go off and let's see whether you can whether you can uh, manage this or not. Mm. So your daughter's 14, and she's seen that picture of you having a baby. What is your relationship like now with your mother? <laughs> she's still always like, oh, you know, Alicia. You know, she always reminds me. You used to be like this when you were younger and X, Y, and Z. And da, 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 da. Um, but, you know, I, I I do applaud her because, you know, I've got one child, you know, and I'm on my own. How hard would it be raising three children and being on your own? So, you know, I, I've got respect for her um, for that because it takes a lot. You know, I, I used to struggle with one. So, you know, I, I've got no idea. And people have four or five um, five children that they're raising on their own. So, you know, I'm a lot older now. So obviously, you know, she's a lot less, um, a lot less, in my opinion, strict. Um, and obviously lets my daughter get away with murder, um, which she didn't, <laughs> she didn't do with me. But some of these parents, they get older, they, they, they change. <laughs> I, I think that's what grandparents do. Like, they, I think they, they, that's what they do. Like, the grandchild can get away with everything a while when we were kids, you know, they were, we were so, they were so strict on us. And then like, all of a sudden you're like, why are you letting her do that? <laughs> That's so true. It is. <laughs> yeah. The grandparents definitely don't have any boundaries when it comes to the grandchildren. <laughs> Not at all. They couldn't and, do it. Much. And the relationship is like coexisting. Cause like the, the grandchildren be telling the grandparents everything. And it's like, you don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Me and my do have an understanding. <laughs> Oh, you don't tell my mama papa that. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Is there um any moment that you have having a daughter now that you shared or expressed um your childhood of leaving the nest at a at an early age. Did you guys discuss that, or will this be her first time listening in if she tunes into the podcast? Oh, she completely, she completely um, knows. I think from the age of um, which was seven, I started working on a mindset with her because I, at the age of thirty, I started working on my own mindset, and um, so I knew that obviously she wouldn't know anything. So I would have to, um, you know, have those conversations with her. But when she turned eleven, I started to. Um, you know, to tell her, you know, a little bit about myself and, you know, like we'd have like conversation, like the story that I told you that happened to me, she knows, you know, I did, mm -hmm. I did tell her, I was really nervous about like telling her because I thought, well, you know, I don't know how she's going to uh, react. Like, I was uh, upset telling her, but she was perfectly, she was perfectly, um, not okay, but she just, um, she just basically mm -hmm. um, listened to me and, you know, I do have these conversations with her all the time, um, not an, a, an attempt of like, oh, you know, all men are terrible and, you know, they're horrific and don't go anywhere near them because, you know, I strongly believe, and this is coming from me, um, for the people that know me, uh, you know, there are some decent men um, in the world and obviously decent uh, women, but, you know, it's a process, you know, you have to learn to vet, to to ask questions, do you know what I mean? And those are the conversations that I, that, that I do, I have her with her, but I think, you know, in terms of like your child, you know, you have to... You have to know your child and what they can take or bear mm -hmm. at, yeah. at, at talking to them. Right. Yeah. And I think it also comes with the maturity. 
Like, and that's with building a relationship with your children. You know how much you can give them and how much they'll be able to take without it being overwhelming for them. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we, we get that when you build a relationship with your children versus, you know, just working and just expecting them to know everything instead mm -hmm. of talking to them and letting them understand why you do this or maybe mm -hmm. just you know, bringing them a part of your childhood so they could be more understanding in regards to the reasons why you tell them that they shouldn't do certain things. Mm -hmm. yeah. And building that trust, building that trust, mm -hmm. obviously, is really good. So I, I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you would want to add or share to help others, um, especially uh, young women that are thinking that they, they know it all and they, that it's okay for them to just get up and go and be on their own? Or someone that's thinking of leaving the nest would be easier, <laughs> easier for them to just leave versus listening and being respectful in their parents' home. No, definitely. You know, our our parents, you know, they know things that that, that we don't know um, as as children, and I, I think when when you as you get older and you see, you know, the, the actual dangers, uh, real life dangers and struggles of, of life, you know, you suddenly then realise why perhaps they acted and said the things that they, they did say. And uh, as I was saying before, you know, if, if it's a case where you can stay at home, uh, then, you know, do your best to, to stay at home. But, you know, this thing called life, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I think sometimes people, you know, they underestimate that, you know, you essentially, you know, you have to choose your heart. Uh, I don't mean, you know, put up with stuff. What I mean by that is nobody is perfect. You know, we're essentially imperfect beings trying to co coexist with other imperfect beings. You know, yeah. as I was saying before, you know, these, these Disney films that, you know, portray this perfect and rosy's like life, you know, they don't exist. I'm not saying that you can't coexist with somebody and, you know, have a bit of a peaceful life, but, you know, conflict is going to come, you know, struggle, um, difficulty in this life, you know, is going to happen to us all. You know, we, we may scroll social media and look at people's lives and think, oh, you know, they're so amazing, but people only show you what they want you to see. That's not me saying that, oh, you know, they've got terrible things going on behind closed doors, but, you know, essentially you show people what you want them to see not everyone's going to um you know air that their laundry out there and a, a lot of people you know just don't just don't discuss things that are going on um you know in, in their lives mm. that's true a lot of people yeah, it is. We, we all you know show our success but uh i think a lot of people forget to realize that the challenges that people face behind closed doors is not something that they're gonna put out there first versus their success Mm, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think it, as like you said, like the kids that don't have no choice, I think they should find somebody or resources to help them along the way because they don't have the support. And sometimes oh, it's hard and there is resources out there. You know, you want to move out on your own because you, you need to get out of somewhere, find somebody, talk to somebody. And there's so many resources that, you know, people that are willing to help. And also, like you said, if you have a chance to stay home, I agree. You know, I wish I could have stayed home. 
but I didn't. So, and you know, like you, Alisa, Alicia, you, you know, you laugh because you wanted to. I laughed. I didn't want to, but you know what? That made you who you are now. And I can agree with that as well. You know, being on your own is not easy at all. I have, I have teenagers and my daughter is 18 and she's in college and she's like, mom, this is hard. It's hard. It's hard. She's like, she's 18. She graduated a year early and she jumped into college right away. She got, finally got her driver's license. So, you know, she's paying, she, you know, now she's like being an adult mom. It's like, I hate it. It's like, it's stressful. So I just wanted to give an example, you know, because, you know, as far as, you know, for our our young followers, you know, Mm Like Alicia said, if you have to stay, if you can stay home, stay home and save. And if you don't, then that's understandable. There's a lot of resources out there. Speaking of resources, you said that you're actually working on a booklet. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about the booklet that you're, are you currently working on it or has it been finished? It hasn't been finished. It's really, really in in the early stage. It's just more of a obviously you know I, I my essential goal is to you know equip young girls I want them to you know have that information early you know that came to us um, late so it's just more of a a booklet to you know outline you know the red flags and the things to um, look out for and you know self-love and you know I think being self-aware you know it, it's a journey you know a one that I believe though is is necessary to know who to know who you are and, yeah. you know, we get so dumbed down with, you know, what society perceives we should be and what we should do. And there's loads of people out there that, that, that they don't even, they don't know, uh, they don't know who they are. Um, and, you know, we have to learn and, you know, accept ourselves, you know, in the image that, that, that God made us and know that, you know, we're here for a purpose. And the way that we are, we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to, uh, supposed to be like that. Um, but you know what I do want to say is, I feel there has to be a level of you know accountability. You know these people um, that that do you know abuse and um, manipulate and whatever they do, there has to be a level of accountability for the choices and the decisions that we make because essentially you know as an adult the choices um, that we make have consequences you know on our on our children. I think we should never underestimate, you know, their minds. And just because they're not verbalizing, we shouldn't ever think to ourselves that, oh, you know, they don't know what's going on. They're they're fully, um, they're fully aware, even if they don't, um, even if they don't say anything. And being okay with the fact of there shouldn't be this scarcity mindset of, oh, well, I have to stay, you know, because you know, there's never going to be anybody, um, there's never going to be anybody else um, out there um, that's going to like, that's going to love me or that's going to, you know, appreciate me. And I think it's also important that, you know, that we do the work, that everyone does the work. You know, if you've been in a traumatic situation, you know, that we do the work on the the version of ourselves that even accepted um, that treatment. You know, it's a journey. You know, I don't believe in saying that, oh, 
be healed, be healed, because you're never going to, it's not you're never going to be healed, you you learn to cope, but you're never going to wake up and be like, right, that happened in my life, I've put it to bed, I'm never going to revisit again, because you might get into a relationship with someone, they do something, and that will then trigger, that will then trigger those, uh, those feelings that you uh, once had, and I think we shouldn't be afraid to meet people and see that, you know, maybe they're not there yet. And as women, to stop trying to feel that, oh, you know, I can change them, I can change them. Because all you do is you just traumatise yourself trying to be that, you know, you're not a professional. You know, and some people do need to have, need, do need professional help. But they have to want it for them. You can't, you can't be the one that's, um, that's wanting them to get um, professional help. That's a journey that, you know, they have to go. I'm not saying that you can't um, support them, but as I said before, you have to choose your heart and not everybody can can handle that. Not everybody can not everybody can um can take that. And you know, they say that, you know, what you don't deal with in your childhood trauma what what you don't deal with in your childhood will show up, you know, uh in your in adult in your adulthood, you know, relationships like your friendships. And I just feel that these conversations especially with our you know our young and I know because I've got a teenage daughter that these conversations they aren't easy to have because they, they just don't want to listen to you I did start early and I'm glad I did because if I tried to probably speak to her now she'd probably be in a room like oh you know whatever but I you know I don't make it a situation where I'm there with my clipboard and right rule number 375 because she's not going to listen to me but I make sure that you know at meal times we eat together or you know when I'm driving her to uh, school I'll, I'll have those conversations with her then, do you know what I mean? And she'll be telling me, you know, about some of her like friends at school and everything. And, you know, that's another thing. I think, you know, it's important that we have those conversations with, you know, how school, blah, blah. Um, because, you know, some of these red flags, are, or they're already showing up, you know, in childhood. As a child, you know, you are, a, as, a, as kids, they learn to, we all learn to manipulate our parents from a very early very early age do you know what I mean crying because we want something then the minute they give it to us you know but we know now that if we cry we're gonna get we're gonna get um what we want and they um that was reading some um where is it now hang on ladies where was it yes according to you know the crime survey this is for uh, England you know 1.6 million women uh, by the end of March 2020, you know, had experienced um, domestic abuse, and wow. that's just—it's too high. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's too high. Um, and they're saying that 16 to 19-year-olds, um, you know, are more likely to be uh, victims than women over 25. Not that women over 25—it doesn't happen to. But as I was saying to you earlier, you know, these young girls have got no idea, no idea what what awaits them. They, how could they know? You know, the, the, those conversations aren't being had with them. You know, I, I think you can't just say, oh, you know, just be careful, just whatever. You know, they need to know it in 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 detail. You know, that these people, you know, they do exist, which is why you know I encourage women not to. You know, when you're getting to know someone, you don't need to overshare because then you're giving them an open door to to manipulate you because they know now where, where your weaknesses are. You don't even know if you're going to even have a future with this person so why are you opening them up and telling them everything that's um that's happened to you in your uh, future in your past sorry and I think it's important to ask those questions do you know what I mean like are you emotionally available what would um how long have you how long have you been single for not like in an interview style but you know if you're getting to know each other you know have those um conversations and it's going to be okay with being intentional and saying that 
this is what I'm looking for. And if you meet someone that's not looking for what you're looking for, then being okay with finding somebody that is. Again, it's this thing of, oh, well, he doesn't want something serious. I do, but you know, I can change him. I can change him. And then two months, three months down the line, when you've not got what you want, you're then frustrated. But you put yourself into that position because you thought that down the line he was going to go and change his mind and he didn't. And, you know, I just want to say this. I'm not saying that it's only women. It's only uh, women, obviously, that are victims. I know that men are as well. But I think sometimes we need to make it okay that for women, we do talk about things that, you know, just uh, affect, um, just affect us. But I just think there's too many... There's too many women that are that are losing their lives daily. There's too many women that, you know, are, are unable to leave for whatever reason. You know, I'm not here to to drag them, whether that be like embarrassment or, you know, low confidence issues. Because some of these people, they they grind you that low that you feel like you can't live uh, without them. They make you feel like you're dependent, um, you're dependent upon them. Um, but yeah, that's just what I wanted to to add to that very powerful and I believe that you know sometimes because women we are nurturers we feel as though um it's okay to see the potential in someone and we try to like you said help them get to what we see but they're not ready re ready to be there or it's it's um something that they're not they're not seeing that we see and like you said uh everybody is not our assignment you know mm -hmm. and there is a lot of people out here that have um a lot of mental illnesses that bleed off on other people in relationships because women and men don't have boundaries and they aren't um living out their true potential of who they are so yeah. they fall for everything instead of just being confident in who they are as a human being and setting boundaries into what they're going to accept versus what they're not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, I agree with that. Me too. Um, Alicia, is there anything else that you want to speak on or just do you have to say before we close? Um, just... It'd be amazing for every every woman, every human being, just to value themselves, to to know their worth, and know that there is a human being out there that has done the work, that that will treat them in the way that you know they believe that they deserve. And you know, self reflection is something that we all should be doing. We should be looking at our own behaviors. You know, how are we navigating these relationships? You know, how are we parenting our our, our children? You know, I'm not perfect. Um, you know, but I have these conversations with my daughter, you know, I, I say to her, you know, is there anything that you feel that I'm doing that like, I don't know, you don't like or not, or sets you not so she can dictate and tell me, right, I want you to give me 10,000 uh, pounds. But just in the sense of, you know, our parents, you know, well, mine, you, you couldn't question them. And I want my daughter to be okay to come to me and say, you know what, actually, X, Y, and Z and, and be able to, to talk to me and I'm able to listen to her without shutting her down immediately just because she's a child and I'm and I'm an um and I'm an adult, you know, I want her to have that gateway to be able to um talk to me. And for those of you that are probably thinking, you know, my teenager doesn't listen to me, just say it anyway. Literally just say it anyway, you know. Even though you think they're not listening to you, later on in life when you know those situations they do occur. Trust me, they still remember. Mm 
they still remember what you they still remember what you said so yeah that's my last thing i agree i agree because there was things you know my old parents would tell me and even as i'm older now i go back and i think like you know what they were right <laughs> but thank you for your story um and just just thank you for coming on and you know being able to speak on your story and hopefully someone will take heed to um being able to take your advice. And we have a question we ask our guest speaker. What makes you uncommon? I'd probably say my my personality, like I've never my whole life I've never fitted in. But and I think when I was young I probably struggled with that, but I'm okay with not fitting in. You know, I don't think I was created to uh to fit in and uh, you know I, I know that the almighty put me on this earth for uh, a reason and you know my personality is part of that reason so you know I fully uh I, I fully embrace uh, the person uh, that I am really amazing let's check and see if we have any comments from our viewers before we close up we have one of your support friends uh, tuning in, uh, saying, yes, girl. So we do have a cheerleader out there for you. <laughs> Thank you, we already love you. <laughs> and um, Marcus had came out and supported us, saying Jenny looks like a new woman today. So shout oh out to uh, our viewers for always coming on and sharing and showing us some love. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> All right, we don't have any questions so go ahead jenny <laughs> sorry can i just say yes ladies, thank you so much for even giving me this um this opportunity you know the platform to uh to speak on this you know i whatever opportunity i get to you know speak on this and to equip young young girls and women you know i'm there for it so you know i want to thank you for giving me that that opportunity Today. Absolutely. And we are honored to have someone coming all the way from England. You know, we're in the U.S., so this is definitely an honor on my end. And um, we'll be happy to bring you back on once you finish your booklet and we can start promoting that for you. Thank you. Oh. Thank you um, again, Alicia, for coming on. And thank you to our followers for listening um, this, um, this afternoon. I was going to say evening. Let me correct myself. <laughs> afternoon. Thank you again. Um, I want to speak on our clothing. Um, make sure you go to www.uncommonwomen.net. Uh, also, make sure you like our YouTube channel, Uncommon Women Podcast. Make sure you share, you like it, you know, come check it out. If you missed uh, any of our lives from the past, um, from Facebook, you can we upload them every Wednesday. You can check that out. As well as I'm going to speak on... Um, our Instagram page, make sure you check our Instagram page. Um, I will be doing a monthly awarenesses. So for the month of April, I am doing autism awareness. I have a woman that she's coming on to talk about, uh, to bring awareness on autism. Um, she will be, the date is April 12 at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Instagram page, before I forget, Uncommon Three Women. Make sure you come check it out that day. And also, I am looking for someone for the month of March. Um, I am looking for anyone that has lupus or any mental health uh, to bring awareness on that. Um, you can um, reach out to me or email me at 
uncommon3women at gmail.com. And thank you again for tuning in this, um, this afternoon and stay uncommon. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.